Real Impact is the podcast of Performance Development Group of Malvern, Pennsylvania. In each episode, we talk with colleagues and experts about the talent development challenges facing business today. My name is Rich Mesh, and welcome to Real Impact. Virtual leadership skills are more important than ever. The global pandemic has required a lot of leaders to learn a new skill set. We'll discuss that topic and more with our guest, leadership expert, Keith Willis. Welcome to Season 2 of Real Impact. Our guest today is leadership development expert, Keith Willis. Keith has had leadership roles in several global organizations and is currently the president and founder of Core Management Training. Keith, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Rich. Our topic today is virtual leadership. As we move into the second year of a global pandemic, operating virtually has become more important than ever. So let's talk about what leaders need to do differently. So Keith, you've been in several leadership roles and you've coached leaders. Everybody is talking about virtual leadership like it's something new, but some leaders have been virtual for a long time, haven't they? They absolutely have, Rich. I think in terms of you have a lot of leaders that they travel on a regular basis. And like a lot of leaders oftentimes will do one-on-ones with their teams. And if every time they got on a plane and traveled, they wouldn't end up doing one-on-ones. So they actually have done that coaching virtually. And that generally will keep the cadence. And you think about telephone calls and check-ins and just even in the pharmaceutical industry, sales managers generally have coached most of their teams virtually. Yeah, they go out maybe every six to eight weeks with a ride along to check in, but a lot of that coaching is virtually. And now with people at home, all of that coaching is virtually. So I would say it's something people have been doing for a long time. They just haven't thought about it. I've been a virtual leader. You've been a virtual leader. As someone who has been a virtual leader, what are some of the really tough aspects of the job? What are some issues that virtual leaders really need to watch out for? I think you have to really pay attention to your communication. When you're virtual, that means a lot of different things. I think it's just been here in the last year where people have gotten on Zoom. Some organizations have internal types of communication tools. In the past, we might use things like Google Hangouts, maybe FaceTime or something like that. And when you set up these meetings, oftentimes, sometimes people have a habit of not turning on their camera. So you don't have the benefit of body language and those type of things. So you have to pay attention to to vocal variety, those type of things, or even when people aren't in the office, there's a tendency just not to pick up the phone and talk versus if you're in the office, you have those conversations ongoing maybe throughout the day. So those are some things to think about, you know, how well do you communicate? How often do you communicate? Are you doing more emails? Are you writing more documents? Are you actually doing check-ins? So those are some things that as a virtual leader, you have to think about. It's funny, Keith, in, in my organization, we did Zoom calls a lot even before the pandemic. And once the pandemic kicked in, we we said an everybody uses their camera rule. And I will be honest with you, when I first had to start being on camera 100% of the time, it made me really uncomfortable. And you know, now that we're almost a year into it, I can't imagine 
interacting with people without using my camera. In fact, when people join a call and don't use their camera, it's almost sort of this lonely feeling like they're not really there. <laughs> it really is. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it's funny because we've been working virtually. Sometimes it's the only way you get to know someone. I've, I've kind of had this mantra in my head. It's a little silly, but it's, have you really met somebody if you haven't met them in person and it's all just been virtual? You work on a project and you only see them on camera, you hear them on the phone. So it's it's definitely a different world and thing and something to think about when you don't have your camera on. One of the challenges that I think we're seeing in this new world is that people often talk about virtual leadership from the perspective of the new leader. But the reality is, is that we have people who are very experienced leaders, may have been doing it 10, 20 years, but perhaps for the first time, they need to manage a team virtually. And so what's your advice for an experienced leader who maybe has a lot of the leadership chops, is pretty good at the job, but is managing virtually for the first time? How do they need to shift their mindset to get really good at it? Yeah, I think you start from what you know. So if you have pretty good leadership chops, it's, you know, something you've been doing on a regular basis. I think the thing you ask yourself, how can I reflect what I have done in the past and do it virtually? So for example, if you're doing one-on-ones, maybe you've done those traditionally a mix of person to person. Maybe they've been on the phone. Maybe you say, okay, we're going to do Zoom call and still be 30 minutes and do your one-on-one. If you're doing staff meeting, same thing. You know, you did a weekly staff meeting. You can still do a weekly staff meeting. How do you make that staff meeting? Maybe a little bit more engaging maybe take some things from a virtual training perspective where you have some exercises and some things to get people engaged in the process. Uh, You think about you're walking through a report or you're going through something, you have a question, you know, maybe you set up office hours or something, just some things to keep the communication going. I think one of the biggest challenges really gets back to just the level of communication that is had. And then I think the other thing is around this technology piece. There are lots of tools and resources that are available. And, you know, with people working from home and this kind of virtual environment, a lot of people have a lot of other responsibilities. Kind of in the office, you focus on work, but some cases, uh, children are in school with Zoom and, you know, may have to help out. Uh, you may have elderly parents where, they may need a hand or something you have to do. So the workday actually has extended. People are working more hours than ever. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're working nine to five or eight to five. So I think you actually have to have a little bit more flexibility and some level of communication around how how are we going to work together and how are we going to make this work to be as productive as possible and get projects done. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I think about how whenever you're on a Zoom call and somebody's kids wander in or their dog comes in and they're always apologizing, said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, my kids came in the room. And I really want to tell them seeing your kids or your pets come into the into the frame is the best thing that happened to me all day. You really need to stop apologizing for that. We should really just have like, you know, bring, bring your dog to the Zoom call day every day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've been on uh, calls where the dogs jumped up on somebody's lap and uh, I was working on a global project with a, another group of facilitators and it was cool because we had an opportunity to meet other people's families and because you're working in a lot of different time zones. In some cases, it may be seven or eight o'clock at night in other countries. And so uh, the child wanders in, <laughs> they want to know what's going on on and uh you know parent took the opportunity to introduce their child to the team so it's actually a pretty cool aspect and it's uh one of
one of the ways to not only humanize us, but give us an opportunity to get to know each other better, especially since we're working virtually and we don't have the benefit of being together. We touched on the topic of some of the the challenges that come with using technology. And now in my organization, we work with a lot of sales forces and sales forces who are used to working face to face have faced a special challenge uh, in the last year because they're doing a lot of their selling virtually. And from what I've seen, it is a huge challenge because a lot of their skill set and a lot of their preferences is built around this face-to-face interaction. And they really struggle using Zoom or, or WebEx or whatever they use because they, it doesn't have that same sort of high-touch feel to it. What advice do you have for people who just aren't quite comfortable yet with using the technology? Yeah, I think there's two parts to that. I think there's the technology. Zoom can be very confusing, just figuring out how to get into Zoom, how to set up your camera, uh, what you can do with Zoom, what you can't do with Zoom. So I, I think there has to be some time spent with playing with the technology. It may even mean setting up another computer, setting up a Zoom call with yourself, maybe even getting family members to participate just so you can practice the aspects of the utilization of of Zoom, if you're going to share your uh, screen, those type of things can make a big difference getting comfortable with just the technology. WebEx is a little different. It's the same thing. Whatever tool you're using, you have to get comfortable with it. And I think one of the challenges, depending on what organization that you're with, it just can be very confusing. And then sometimes the customer is restricted. Sometimes they can't use the technology that the company wants you to use. So that's a whole different ball game. So I think that's number one. And number two, I think you have to double down on your communication skills. And what I mean by that, things like social styles, getting a sense of how fast somebody talks, how slow, what's the tonality, what's their vocal variety? Do you see pictures on the wall? You know, what do you see in the background that would give you a, a sense of their personality so that you can match their style and so you can be more effective? And, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily do that even one-on-one when they're live, but they've been able to get away with it because you get enough cues. And, you know, when you're meeting with somebody, you get the, you kind of get the essence of who they are. And so you get a chance to cheat a little bit here in this environment. Oftentimes when you're doing virtual, you end up getting less time because you don't do kind of the chit chat and uh, some of the things that you would normally do. And so I think those are just some things that you can really focus on is enhancing those communication skills, getting more effective at reading people, getting a sense of who they are and how to connect with them more effectively. And then the second part of that is really understanding the technology and the tools that, that you're using. I think one of the things a lot of us struggle with is when you're working in the same environment, you have a lot of casual communication. You have the hallway conversations. You have the, you know, dropping into someone's office and saying, have you got a minute? I just want to run something by you. That is a lot harder to do in the virtual environment. Have you seen anything that helps replicate casual communication in this virtual environment? I've seen people do some very creative things. I was having a conversation with somebody via LinkedIn, and they have literally what they call the uh, water cooler hour. I don't know if it's an hour, but it's agreed upon time where the whole team checks in. And you can literally talk about anything except for work. So it's an opportunity for people and get to engage and, and get to know each other. And then I've also seen, uh, you know, companies do, I was working with another organization and on Fridays they would have cocktail hour 
and everybody would get on Zoom. And the way the leader set it up, it was pretty cool because the virtual background was a pool room. And so they had uh, chairs with pool cues and very relaxed atmosphere. And that was that's what they would do on Fridays to kind of get people in, in into the space. I think other things that, you know, some organizations are using other technologies like Slack, where you have different channels. It's almost like instant message, but you're messaging each other back and forth around concepts, ideals, or things that are coming up. So it's a way to keep track of what's going on in an organization or something that comes to top of mind. So I've seen that. And then you know, some companies have gone with uh, Microsoft Teams. And so Teams does a good job of having a variety of collaboration tools. And one of the things is they have a variety of different channels that you can do these type of conversations kind of offhand. So while it's not walking down the, the hall per se, if you have a question or something, you can you can hit chat and have a quick conversation. And then if you need to hop on a call, you can literally do a call right then and there. Say, hey, you have 15 minutes. Can can we can we talk through this? And I think those things work in organizations, especially if you have good relationships and, and you know people. You, you can build upon the relationships that you had with people when you were face-to-face. You can do some of the same things. It just looks a little different. It's a little bit more, it, it may be phone text, it may be using some of the other technologies. They're pretty adept at being able to communicate uh, fairly regularly without having to see each other face-to-face. Yeah, you know, it's a really good illustration. Even though for a lot of people, being virtual is relatively new, There are hundreds of organizations who have been operating virtually for years now, whether it's because they're global and it's it's nearly impossible to bring people together or simply because that they reached out to the best talent they could find and they may not be in the same city. So there's a lot of sort of proven techniques for operating virtually that people who are doing it for the first time can draw on. Exactly. We've talked a lot about what the leader needs to do, but ultimately a leader succeeds through his or her team. So what are some of the behaviors leaders need to drive into their teams? What do they need to encourage people to do in order to make the virtual environment work better? Yeah, Rich, I think that's a really good question. I I think the teams need to work together. The leader as well as the team, they have to come to an agreement of how they're going to work. And what I mean by that is, you know, how do we collaborate? How do we communicate? Kind of set some ground rules of you know what's going to work. You know, there may it may even be worthwhile, especially since we've we've been into this close to a year now. Maybe a a stop and maybe a start. You know, just to have some reflection upon some of the best practices and things that are working and double down on those and maybe quit behaviors that, that aren't necessarily working. So, you know, if you have collaboration tools and those type of things, there should be an agreement on how that how that's going to work, what that's going to look like, you know, frequent conversations, check-ins, all of those things. I think if you have some ground rules, I think it will really help people drastically. And then I think the other thing is there has to be a concerted effort around improving skills, improving skills around technology. Uh, What does that look like? You know, manager can set up you know, whether it be during staff meetings, little training sessions, or, you know, with LinkedIn learning, people have taken a lot of time to learn new skills. And there are tons of things out on LinkedIn learning, uh, Udemy and and other learning platforms where you can improve and increase your skills around communication, around technology, around whatever it is, is going to help you be better in a virtual environment. So I think if there's some level of agreement and development for the entire team to do that, 
is going to uh, help everybody more effectively. It, it's it's very interesting. I had posted a comment on LinkedIn. It was around an article about providing feedback to your boss, and there were, there there was a great deal of response to that post. And it was really interesting because my takeaway was that people really struggle with communication. And I think that communication goes on both ends. I think there's a tendency to say the leader hasn't done this, the leader hasn't done that. I think both sides have to meet each other halfway. And just as that leader, generally that leader has somebody that they report to. And so oftentimes they may be in the middle. So I I think it's just a combination of people building skills and communicating more effectively and really making the effort to work together as a team to be better and then evaluate where they want to go and and what are the outcomes that they're they're looking to achieve. So I, I think those are some things that uh, the leader can do as, as well as their teams can do. Because like I say, the leader can't do it all by themselves. Uh, everybody has a level of expertise in certain areas and s- certain people bring certain strengths to the team. It's interesting, Keith, you touched on the notion of learning in a virtual environment. So I want to talk a little bit about leadership development. When you're leading remotely, you may also be learning how to lead remotely. And historically, leadership development programs have been fancy hotels and everyone comes together and eats and drinks too much. And that really, (laughs) really isn't possible right now. What's different about leadership development when it needs to happen virtually? Can we create that same sort of energizing growth experience that people used to get when they could come together in the same room? Rick, I actually think you can come up with a better solution virtually. There has been a tendency that when we have done these type of events, uh, you bring a whole bunch of people together. It's instructor led. Everybody feels real good. People are very motivated. Oftentimes in those programs, there's no sustainability on the back end. There's no coaching on the back end. So as a consequence, what people learn, they forget. I mean, from a science standpoint, we know that people, they forget as much as 80% of what they've learned uh, probably within six to eight weeks of time. When you're doing this virtually, there's an opportunity to have a lot of different touch points or really have a true blended learning solution. I think the other thing is, is, you can't get stuck in it's all e-learning. I mean, there's some excellent e-learning programs that have video that have uh, a lot of different elements, but I just think that when you use and you've only focused on one learning methodology, that you're not going to have the best outcome that you can come out with. So having things like a pre-read, maybe there's an e-learning, there might be social learning where people get together through a chat board or a Zoom call to talk through and, and you know, work through some of the concepts and ideas. Uh, there may be a virtual instructor led. And, and here again, you can't recreate, you can't do eight hours of content virtually in a day. You have to you know, break that out in sessions. There may be 90 minute sessions. You can create breakout rooms, whiteboard activities. There are a ton of things that you can do, but you're going to give people more breaks that may stretch out over time. But you have to reinsert some of that with sustainability tools, things like coaching and those type of things. 
I couldn't agree with you more. I think one of the struggles we often have is that we don't change the way we do things until we have to. And one of the things we're learning in today's environment is that a lot of the ways we used to do leadership development never really worked anyway. So the only reason we didn't change is because change is difficult. And now we're put in this new environment where change is mandatory. We don't have any other choices. And a lot of what we're learning is that learning virtually can actually be more effective. And I absolutely agree with what you said. Uh, One of the biggest gaps is around application. So much leadership development is abstract. It's based on models. It's based on inspirational books. And that's great. People should be inspired to be uh, leaders. But one of the challenges is then they get back to the job. They're full of all these great ideas and they can't execute. And so you've just trained them. You've spent a lot of money. You've invested a lot of their time. And they're still not really able to do their job. And the piece that's missing is exactly what you said. It's the application. It's the practice. It's the feedback that actually gets them to the point where they're able to perform differently, not just think differently. Exactly. I mean, it's it's always funny. It's you did this in the classroom and then whatever happens in the real world is not quite exactly (laughs) like you practice it. And then you're stuck. And then when there's no coaching intervention, because I mean, if it's 75%, it's probably fairly decent, but even a coaching intervention and a conversation around, I tried X, Y, and Z, and I'm really struggling with it. And somebody kind of talks you through, and then you can say, oh, and then you may have an opportunity to repeat that again. So then some real learning comes because you've learned a different scenario. So whatever they teach you, whatever you learn in class, there's probably a hundred variations of that. And your mind is still trying to work through the first variation that you learn. So you need a little help to kind of get through that. And oftentimes that just doesn't happen. And it probably bears mentioning that Keith and I recorded this podcast virtually on a Zoom call. So we we don't just preach, but we practice what we preach. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Keith, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great conversation. Thanks a lot, Rich. Appreciate it. Real Impact is produced by Performance Development Group. For more information on us, please visit our website at www.performdev.com. Dot com.